Oh, it's so good to see you. Go ahead and grab a seat. So great to be here at KT, Kensington Temple, and hear the phrase Word and Spirit Church. If you were here last week, Pastor Mark talked about the uh, spiritual gifts, how we might be growing in spiritual gifts. He's asked me to speak this day on how we might be growing in the Word, how we might be growing in our engagement of the Word of God. I'm going to talk about today about how delighting in God's Word blesses and blossoms our spiritual lives. Now, we get a lot of choices in life today, uh, not like maybe when you were kids or you're maybe your, your, your grandparents before you. Uh, you know, I, I can think of my cable television, right? So my uh, cable television went out recently, and all of a sudden I didn't have these choices so much. Normally, I could watch a television show about gardening or, or home renovation or a, 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 a whole network for sappy movies or, or whatever it might be. There are lots of channels. Most of them are generally useless. So... Uh, my wife likes to watch British things, so I like to watch science fiction things, so we watch British things. <laughs> and now we live here. So there you go. And I've learned to appreciate it. I've had lessons. I've been learning to speak English properly, which I still have some work to do. So you have to forgive me for my American accent uh, as well. But you know, that's the world we live in has so many choices. You made a choice when you gathered together for church today. A whole lot of you made a choice to be here at the 11 o'clock service. Very hard to find a seat. We're glad that you're here. You made a choice today for what you're going to do with your day. And so in a diversity of choices, sometimes in the Bible, the writers of the Bible will actually narrow the choices down and exhort us towards the right choice. That's what's happening here in Psalm 1. So if you have a Bible, if you can take it out, or if you have one, you can turn on. So take out or turn on your Bible in Psalm chapter 1. Because the specificity here is the writer of the Psalm actually is going to point us to kind of the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. This is a recurring theme. We see this in Psalms and Proverbs. The way of the righteous and the way of the wicked are often contrasted. Now, now, again, we're going to look at this, and the psalmist would remind us right here in real time that the real issue is not, what should I do, but how shall I live? And we're going to see today that drinking deeply from the well of God's Word is the way God blesses and blossoms our spiritual lives, right? Let me put it more simply. simply delighting in God's Word blesses and blossoms your spiritual life. So hopefully by now you've got your Bible open. It's Psalm chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Let me read it to you. It says, blessed is the one. Do you say in, in the UK, do you say blessed or blessed? Blessed. blessed. Okay, good. I got to learn. I'm still learning the English, right? I, I was reading this passage in the Old Testament named Isaiah, and nobody knew who I was talking about until I said Isaiah. <laughs> so I want us to be blessed today. So blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. 
Now, I heard some of you saying that passage aloud with me. I'm glad that you did. It probably means that some of you memorized the passage or you were just reading it out loud. But the passage is beautiful and it reminds us that delighting in God's word blesses and blossoms our spiritual lives. Matter of fact, the first word of the psalm and the first word of the entire book of Psalms is blessed. The idea here from the beginning is we're going to see what a blessed, blessed spiritual life looks like. I don't know about you, but I'd like my spiritual life to be blessed. You? All right, let's take a look together. Delighting in God's Word blesses and blossoms our spiritual life. So we'll look through several things. Now, the psalm actually starts intentionally pointing us to a wrong way to go. It starts with the word blessed, right? But then it says blessed are those who don't or do not. Uh, so number one on our outline, if you're a note taker, you can jot these things down, type them in your phone, write them on your notes if you find that helpful. It might help you retain memory of what we talk about. Number one is the rootless pathway. Now we're gonna go through the text and see that we're gonna be rooted by streams of water, but there's a rootless, a way without roots there's a rootless pathway, and this passage does, not, does let us see the pathway and the roots all mixed in one. So the psalmist begins by showing the path, pathway the blessed one does not take from walking to standing and to sitting with the wicked. So I'm just going to look at some of the phrases as we walk through the first few verses of Psalm 1. It says, who does not walk in step with the wicked, who does not walk in step with the wicked. If you're taking notes, you can jot down the word trajectory. This has to do with our trajectory. It's not where you are right now that always matters. It's where your trajectory is taking you. And today, you know, we live on the other side of the cross and the resurrection. Are you walking intentionally towards Jesus, toward the things of God or not? Walk has to do with our conduct, counsel. Think of advice. When we begin to take the advice of perhaps wicked, carnal people, as they might be described in the Bible, we're headed down the wrong path. We're walking the wrong way. It's not saying we shouldn't be in relationships with people who have different views, who have different ideas. We live in a day when sometimes the ungodly are quick to give advice on every topic, from marriage to how we might live, to how we define love, to how we understand life. But we can be loving towards others without heeding their advice the reminder of the psalmist is do not walk in step with the wicked. Now here's part of the challenge, right? Too many people today are being more discipled by the world than they are by the word. That discipleship shapes us when we're discipled by the world and instead of the word. Because here's the thing, we don't really drift into godliness. We don't drift into integrity. Without a clear focus, we walk towards, I do and you do, we walk towards the wrong counsel. Yeah. Uh, last week, Pastor Mark talked some about uh, perspiration, some of that place where we lean into in order to grow and use our spiritual gifts. You can watch this online if you didn't hear the message. But here's the thing. This is where some of that perspiration comes in here, right? We don't drift. We don't want to drift towards godlessness, we want to move towards godliness. So it starts with the rootless pathway, right? The who does not walk in step with the wicked. But then it says, who does not stand in the way that sinners take. 
Now, this has to do with standing in the way of sinners, has to do with our sympathy. If, if walking in step was our trajectory, standing in the way that sinners take is our sympathy. We're giving our attention and our affection to things that sinful people might give their attention and affection to. So stand means to take a stand, to be firm. It's not casual. Way is a, is a metaphor for a place where habits and routine, routines are formed. So it says, don't stand in that way, in the way that sinners take. And the end result is you miss the mark that God has for you. We drift towards these ways, walking in step with the wicked or standing in the way that sinners take. It then says, next is don't sit in the company of mockers. Don't sit in the company of mockers. Again, if the first one had to do with our trajectory and the second with our sympathy, the third has to do with our identity. Now, when this passage was written thousands of years ago, in the culture of that day, in the Jewish culture of that day, where you sat showed with whom and to whom you belonged, right? So sometimes men would sit with men, women with women, the young with the young, the old with the old, the rich with the rich. So he's talking about with whom you sit, talks about where you find your identity. Matter of fact, sit has the idea of abiding. You seat to sit with someone means to be like them, to identify with them. So don't sit in the company or identify with the mocker or the scoffer. So in all these cases, there's a, there's a wrong direction being described, right? It's in sense one's habit to walk, to stand, to sit. It's, 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 it's really one's inclined towards evil, right? To the wicked, then sinners, then scoffers. So we see these things, one's engagement, right? With the counsel, then the way and the seat. So you see this is the wrong direction to go. And you would, you would hear that and I would hope, whether you're here in person or watching online, you would say, I don't want to go in that direction. And I, I hope that's your heart. What I would say to you is that we tend to be naturally inclined to go that direction if we don't intentionally seek to be rooted in the word of God and to walk in the wisdom that's there. Yeah. So this is the rootless pathway. You won't grow. You won't be blessed. You won't be like a rooted tree. So what then is the alternative? Here's the great thing. That's most of the psalm is the right way to go, right? It's been said when you pick your friends, you pick your future, right? So this verse tells you what happens when you choose badly. That's the rootless pathway. But here's the good news, right? At Kensington Temple, we want to bring you to the good news, to the right path, to the right way. And the good news is in point number two is that there's a rooted pathway, the rooted pathway. Remember, drinking deeply from the well of God's word is the way God blesses and blossoms our spiritual lives. Okay, now the psalmist gives us a much more promising directory, uh, direction and trajectory. And there's a word here that really matters. It's, it's, it's actually uh, right here in the next words, right? It says the word right at the beginning. It says the word verse right at the beginning of verse two. Matter of fact, would you look down with me at verse two right now, if you got your Bible open and I want you to say the first word in your Bible, that's there. Are you ready to say it out loud with me on three? Here we go. One, two, three. But you have different Bible translations, don't you? <laughs> the first word in my translation is the word but. I want you to say it out loud with me. I know that has multiple meanings, but you can go with it anyway. Are you ready on three? One, two, three. But 
So this is the one path, but there's the right path. There's a better path. Say it again with me. Are you ready? But. Okay, so not this way, but instead this way to the rooted pathway. So actually in the transition, the word but is actually strong. And this is what drives the blessed one. Let's take a look at it. It says this, in the rooted pathway, whose delight is in the law of the Lord. What a beautiful phrase, whose delight is in the law of the Lord. In the Hebrew language, which this was written, it's literally, in the law of the Lord is his delight. So the focus is on the word. It's on the law of the Lord. Delight means something a person wishes strongly to do. It's a delight, like a man delighting in the, in the woman that he loves, in his new wife. <laughs> just wanted to make you feel a little more awkward today for just one more moment. So to delight in something, I, I delight in my wife, I delight in my children, I, I delight, I've delighted in us gathering together. What a church that loves to worship Jesus, KT is. I delight in being with you. There's a joy that comes in those realities, right? So that's the delight. But then it said, this is how we're to engage God's word, with this delight in the law of the Lord. Now, why would you delight in the word? Now, here's the deal. Um, in this passage, it says, who delights in the law of the Lord. Probably talking about the Torah, right? The, the, uh, some of the older Old Testament scriptures. But throughout the Bible, the word scriptures or law or his word, the Old Testament that he's referring to is inspired in the same way the New Testament you read, or the same way this Psalm 1 is inspired. So we know this is what we call the word of God. Would you say that out loud with me? The word of God. Try it again. Do it with me. Ready? The word of God. So what is the word of God that we are called to delight in? Actually, the writer of Hebrews puts it this way. Says the word of God is alive and active. Boy, there's something to delight in. Alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrates even to dividing soul and spirits, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. It's going to divide soul and spirit. It's going to joint and marrow. It's going to judge the thoughts and attitude of the heart. I don't know about you, but I want that. Now, I'm, I'm actually, I'm not from around here. You probably noticed with my accent. I grew up in, uh, in New York City. Yep, it's a true story. You got a problem with that? No. Forget about it. Um, that's actually the way my father talks. He talks like this all the time. Um, so when, when New York, when we, when we really want something and someone sees we want something, they'll, they'll say, you want some of that? Okay, now let me just ask you, right? Whose delight is in the law of the Lord that's alive, active, sharper, penetrating soul and spirit, judging the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. You want some of that? Yes. Yeah, me too. Me too. See, I, I want some of that. Yeah, and, and, and again, to put it in a more British way, it sounds quite lovely is to engage and delight in the word of God that changes us. So in the rooted pathway, it's whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Next it says, who meditates on his law day and night. Who meditates on it day and night. Again, it specifically means the Torah. 
But the righteous finds his delight in God's word as the best way, indeed the only true way to live. Later on in the Psalms, it'll say, speak about the whole truth as revealed by the word of God. So remember, the Bible is not primarily a book of morality or prosperity or security, though it has teaching on all of these things. The Bible is a book of reality, revealing God's purposes. And when I meditate on that, I'm aligning with the purpose of God in my life. Now, it's interesting, the word meditate literally in Hebrew means to mumble to yourself. Isn't that a strange thing? To mumble. I've been mumbling a little bit lately. Just to be honest, does it rain every single day in this country? I have. See, I was raining again. And you know, I get on my weather app and it says it's going to be sunny today, and it's always a lie. It's rained every day for the last few weeks. So I, it may be true that I have mumbled a bit. See, we think of mumble as a negative thing, like murmuring and mumbling. But med meditating on God's Word is basically having God's Word in your heart and your mind. So it's shaping the way that you're thinking. I learned this when I was 15 years of age. I was a new believer. That was just a few years ago. I was a brand new believer. 15 years of age, and, 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 I, and I was encouraged to memorize some scripture with maybe something I was struggling with, right? So I was a 15-year-old boy, and so the verse I memorized was Psalm 119. How can a young man keep his way pure? But by living according to your word. With all my heart I have sought thee. Do not let me wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So when, when something in my mind wouldn't honor the Lord, I would under my breath meditate on his word and it would redirect my thoughts from what might be sinful to what might be sanctified. How can a young man keep his way pure? You can't walk through the scripture and walk into sin at the same time. So I don't want you to miss this, right? So, so here, mumble the truths of the gospel over and over, right? When you're struggling, when you're unsure, when you're then going to meditate on his law day and night. So meditate's not a quick read of a verse while going out the door. It's to reflect on it all day long. It's to chew it over and over again. Now here's the thing. That means you're going to have to take responsibility for the word of God yourself, See, now it's wonderful. You have wonderful teachers and preachers that are coming to teach and preach God's Word. But if on Sunday you come and on Monday you don't open the Word of God yourself, you're not going to have that in your life on a daily basis to meditate on it day and night. So why would we want to do such a thing? Because of what the Scriptures are. So now the context this is given, but look with me at 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verses 15 through 17. Speaking about the Holy Scriptures, right? The Holy Scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And then it says, all Scripture is God-breathed. This is a whole different kind of words on a page. It's God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's what I want for you. That's what your leaders here at KT want for you, is to, is to be able to walk through in a deeply rooted discipleship pathway that makes a difference. As a matter of fact, I, when I was talking to 
Pastor Mark, and I, I want to understand a bit of where you were going and how I would enter into the flow of this series. And he said, let me share with you something. And he shared with me this graphic. Let me put it on the screen for you. It's the KT Discipleship Pathway. Those of you who cell leaders have seen this, but let me just say, I love when a pastor is a strategic thinker. And I've already just fallen in love with your pastor, with, with Mark and Kathy as well. You just so, are you thankful for them? Let's just let them know how thankful and appreciative we are of them. So, so the strategic thinking helps us to move forward in intentional ways. And this pathway, and you've heard him talk about it, being rooted and growing and fruitful. In fact, you would look at the second section where it says growing. And you know, last week he talked about growing in gifts. And this week I'm talking about growing in scripture. This is the series that we've been walking through. Right, So when we're going to see God's Word, so what am I doing? I'm talking about growing in Scripture. That's both my assigned topic, but something for you to walk in with teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. That's right from 2 Timothy 3. Again, let me read it again. We'll put it back on the screen, right? Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. I, I, I experienced that just in my marriage, right? So I've been married 35 years this summer to Donna and just love being married to Donna. And Donna, um, she, she has taught me things. Just going back early in our relationship, the responsibility of taking out the garbage, you call it rubbish, I think, has fallen upon me. It's not a weighty burden, but sometimes I forget. Sometimes I get distracted. Sometimes I get busy. So Donna would then say to me, uh, again, where it says teaching in 2 Timothy 3, she would say, let me, let me show you how to take out the rubbish. In a loving, smiling way. She would teach me. I'd say, thank well, this is great. This is information that I needed. And then I might forget, and we'd move to another phase in that passage, rebuking. Right? Right? So the God in his goodness will lead you and teach you. And there's sometimes in his word, he's going to rebuke you. And then, then maybe, maybe I got back on track, but I started getting a little bit distracted sometimes. And there might be correcting when she helps me take out the rug at rubbish. And then as I get into the pattern and I do it every day, we just call that training in righteousness. So those four things in this passage, 2 Timothy chapter 3, say the word of God is for you for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. I don't know about you, but I need those four things, and the word of God is there for me. So as we're walking through this series, last week growing in gifts, this week growing in scripture or growing in the word, it leads us to number three in our outline. Rooted pathways produce fruitful lives. Rooted pathways produce fruitful lives. Now keep in mind that as you saw on the graphic that Pastor Mark shared with me, and some of you have seen, rooted, growing, and fruitful. But here's the beautiful thing. The Word of God's involved in all of those things. And here in this passage, this passage brings rooted, growing, and fruitful together quite beautifully. Number three, rooted pathways produce fruitful lives. Remember, drinking deeply, you heard Pastor Mark talk about drinking from the well. Well, drinking deeply from the well of God's word is the way God blesses and blossoms our spiritual lives. Again, put it simply, delighting in God's word blesses and blossoms our spiritual lives. And I'm convinced that knowing the word is central to growing in Christ. Let me say it again so you don't miss it, because you, you won't know somebody who is spiritually mature that is unengaged in God's Word. Spiritual maturity and knowing and growing in God's Word are always linked. 
And then there's some beautiful pictures here in the rest of this psalm, in the second part of our text today, right? For one is to be strong like a tree, to be strong like a tree. That person is like a tree. Now we think of a tree to mean strength, and we should. Strength is definitely part of what here the psalmist was referring to. Uh, And so the impact of such devotion is describing like a great tree planted in a fertile, watered place. Just as the blessed one uh, plants his or her life in God's word, a healthy oak will flourish when rooted deeply near a stream. But it's not just that. A tree actually in the Bible is often used as a metaphor for wisdom. To be strong and wise as a follower of Jesus always involves becoming deeply engaged in God's word. It talks to the strength and the longevity of one devoted to God's word. Listen, you can, you can put a flower in a garden in a day, but it takes a century to grow a great oak. One author called it, long, discipleship is long obedience in the same direction. Can I tell you, growing disciples that I've seen have engaged the word of God often and deeply as they grow. Now, 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 you might say, well, Ed, I, I don't know when to start. I mean, I, if I had been doing this 15 years ago, and I get it, right? The, the head of a nursery, a place that sells plants, was asked the question, what's the best time to plant a tree? Just an instant, simple question. And, and do you know, the correct answer is 20 years ago. But the second best answer is today. You can make that decision to say, I'm going to root deeply in the word of God. The best time building your life on the word is is from the beginning of your spiritual journey. But if that hasn't been you, you can start today because it takes time. See, we live in a microwave culture. Let's just make it happen quickly. Let's, Let's get excited and that excitement will give us the spiritual maturity that we need. But no, it takes time, focus, and space. Matter of fact, let me tell you something. Spiritual roots are actually better than spiritual highs. Now, again, I'm not against spiritual highs. Just coming in here and worshiping together, we know we can feel, we can engage in the worship and the power of the Holy Spirit. But spiritual roots are better than spiritual highs because spiritual roots stay. Or sometimes spiritual highs can come. And go. As a matter of fact, God doesn't always intend to keep us on the mountaintop. When I look back over my spiritual life of decades, I will tell you that some of the times I grew the most was in the valleys, not at the mountaintops. But in all the times I grew, I was deeply rooted in God's word. Strong, like a tree. Tapped in via the roots. Tapped in via the roots is next up on our outline. Tapped in via the roots. It says planted by streams of water. The term planted actually in the original language is literally to transplant. It's actually passive in the, in the verb. God does the transplanting. I want you not to miss that. God does the transplanting. What a beautiful picture of salvation, right? If you're here today as a follower of Jesus, God has transplanted you. He's transferred you, Colossians says, from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. He has placed you by a stream of living water. Then what is my role, right, is to respond to where he has placed me and to grow into who God he has called me to be. See, that's tapping in, right? And these roots actually link together in ministry, in serving, and in purpose. You've heard Pastor Mark use that phrase in ministry, in serving, and in purpose, according to our discipleship pathway. Listen, 
Drinking deeply from the well of God's word is the way God blesses and blossoms our spiritual lives. But it doesn't end there, right? Because I keep saying that he blesses, right? There's a blessing and then there's a blossoming. There's a coming of fruit. There's an evidence that people can see, which leads to next on our list is showing fruit, which is literally the third point in our very biblical discipleship pathway. But I don't want you to miss this because it goes from the root to the fruit because that's what growing in Christ looks like too, from the root to the fruit. It looks like a tree firmly planted by streams bearing fruit, delighting in God, blesses and blossoms your spiritual life. So I want you to miss that. And I love the phrase that the passage uses here next, which yields its fruit in season. See, sisters and brothers, there is effort on our part to grow. And faithfulness in God's word produces fruitfulness in our spiritual lives. Let me say it again so you don't miss it. Faithfulness in God's word produces fruitfulness in our spiritual lives. It literally speaks about how it will yield its fruit. Roots and fruits are deeply connected. Don't want you to miss this. Roots and fruits are deeply connected. And when a tree is rooted deeply in fertile soil, watered, by a constant stream. It has leverage to withstand the storms that come. Our leverage, our place to stand is a mindset constantly ruminating on God's word. Now, I don't know. We seem to be in some hard times right now. Is it just me or is it all over the world? I mean, I've seen here, I've watched the news and, and I've seen the energy crisis and the cost of living crisis and, and the political challenges. And I see all these things. The world is a mess. I don't know what, if that's going to continue to be bad. I saw a little sign in a little gift shop that said that we're just four prime ministers until Christmas. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. You're going to joke about our politics. We know where you're from. <laughs> but all over the world, there's a sense of division and uncertainty, war and financial challenges. Listen, and so I don't know, and I don't want to speak on to you something that is, might be negative. It doesn't look like it's getting better right away. And so I look in the midst of all of the difficulty we're walking through. Again, I don't know the future. I'm not a prophet. I'm not the son of a prophet. I actually work at a nonprofit organization. <laughs> but I know that in the midst of spiritually difficult times, I can still stay rooted deeply in God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So knowing that, then I can walk in a spiritual life that blossoms even when the world is struggling. Let's keep going. Staying sustained, right? Saying sustained is, we don't want to miss that, right? It says, and whose leaf does not wither. Again, whose leaf does not wither. I want you to be rooted planted in God's word. Your church wants you to be rooted, planted in God's word. You, if so, you will stick and stay close to the Lord. Delighting in God's word blesses and blossoms our spiritual lives. Then it speaks about spiritually prospering. Now, here's what it says. Whatever they do prospers, right? So we don't know all the details of that. Lots of other verses that speak about that. But clearly the context here is being rooted in God's word leads to a spiritual growth that changes you, right? And it's, it's contrasted very clearly. The way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. You can walk this direction and you'll be rootless or you can walk this direction and be rooted and drinking deeply from the well of God's word is the way that God blesses and blossoms our spiritual lives. 
See, I want you not to miss this, right? Because I think in a world that there's a lot of brokenness and uncertainty, what, what we've got to do is to be people who have been changed by the power of the gospel who show forth that true hope. And I want to invite you into that hope today. Romans 15.4 is a beautiful, beautiful passage that speaks of that. Let's take a look at it. It says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and encouragement they provide, we might have hope. 